I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed too. You know, people were so surprised too that, look how happy he is even though he can't see, you know? Or or they would feel very sorry for him. And I would think, do people go up to blind people on the street and go, oh God, that is so sad. You can't see? Oh God, this must be horrible for you. Like, nobody does that. That was a clip from the Rewards of Special Needs and Senior Adoption Panel from PetCon NYC 2018. For those who don't know, PetCon is a pet lover's dream filled with celebrity pet meet and greets, insightful panels, branded activations, and so much more. Visit PetCon.co, that's P-E-T-C-O-N.co, to learn more and to sign up for our newsletter to find out when the next PetCon will take place. The Rewards of Special Needs and Senior Adoption Panel features Animal Planet's Jill Rappaport, Steve Gregg of Wolfgang 2242, Joanne George of For the Love of Smiley, and Mick Sadowski of The Klaus Cat. Now let's get back to the panel. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, the panel on special needs and senior pet adoption. And it just so happens that November is National Adopt a Senior Pet Month. Yay. So it's a very appropriate month to have this. Yeah. I am Mick Sadlowski. I traveled here from Seattle uh, with my, not even senior cat, my geriatric cat, Klaus. <laughs> Uh, he's back at the hotel. He's very smart. He didn't want to be out here. <laughs> but uh, I am joined by Joanne George of For the Love of Smiley. Hi. And Sunny. of course, Sunny right here. And, and after I introduce you guys, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about yourselves and how you're plugged into this whole world of senior She's and special shook. needs pets. And then we have Steve Gregg of Wolfgang 2242. Booby. Yay. Hi. And last but not least, award winning animal advocate. Animal Planet's own Jill Rappaport. (laughs) Thank you. So, Jill, if you you don't, we'll start with you and we'll work our way back. Just a quick bio so everybody knows uh, who the experts are. Okay, well, the real star here today is my senior wiener, Ruby, and she's the sidekick in my show, Dog Bowl. And look, we're talking seniors, look at her energy. Age is just a number, and hers is unlisted, okay? She's amazing. And um, I got into pet rescue literally my whole life. Um, I was rescuing ever since I was a little kid, and I always have found that the rescue dogs end up rescuing us. They give back so much, and when you take one in, they know they've been saved, and the gift you cannot put a price on. They're truly amazing. I'm the proud pet parent to six rescues of all sizes, mostly senior and Ruby here I found on day 29 in a kill shelter in Los Angeles she had one day to live and I was in LA to get an award and my friend said I just want to go to a shelter and look at a dog and I said that's like taking a cocaine addict to a crack den I said I really shouldn't be going there well I go in and little Ruby it said between five and eight years old we did not know how old she was and day 29, and she was scratching and clawing, and I said, you're coming home with me. And we actually took three dogs. One was so sick, we took him to get to the vet, and he didn't make it. He lasted two days, but we wanted him to get medical attention. And the third dog went to Brian Gumbel. So we, we saved technically three lives that day. And I have to tell you, 
you know, it's so hard to get animals into a shelter. I always say if you can't get people in, you can't get the animals out. But when they do go in, they want young. It's kind of like people, sadly. And what I tell people is, please give the older ones a chance. They have so much life and love left to give. Look at her. And she's like almost 14. So that's our message. And that's why we're here, because older is really so special. And that's <laughs> fantastic. Like, yes, yes. And, and Steve, you basically have a veritable Noah's Ark of, of animals. So tell us how you got into this and, and who you're looking after. Well, I've, I've always had animals my whole life. My parents were big animal people, pet people, and so I came by it naturally. And um, I, I never really had a specific, like, oh, I'm going to adopt seniors until I had a dog named Wolfgang that was um, hit by a car and killed. And this dog was like, oh, my gosh, this dog had my heart. And, it, and, and I've, told, I've mentioned on my Instagram before that he was hit by a car, but I haven't told a lot of people that I was the one driving the car. Um, it was, oh, it was just like, you know, I killed my best friend. And um, so I, I just couldn't get over it for, it was like two months later and I just still was, you know, just very depressed. And I finally decided if his death had meaning, I could probably get beyond this. And so I decided that I would adopt the oldest, least adoptable dog that was out there. And knowing that this dog was going to live, even though Wolfgang had died, um, I thought that that would help. And it was amazing. I adopted, he was, um, uh, let's see, it was 12 years old. Uh, his name is Eeyore. He had four bad knees and a heart murmur. Today, he's 18 years old with four bad Ooh. knees and a heart murmur. I and love it. It was, I left that day with Eeyore and immediately my heart was healed. It was just the most Same. amazing thing in the world. And, and then I adopted another one, and I adopted <laughs> another one, and and I have I keep nine senior dogs, and a uh, a pig named Bikini that is more trouble than all nine senior dogs. Um, and then I have a rabbit and a chicken, and it's just kind of crazy. But yeah, it's all about adopting the senior dogs. And and literally, senior dogs—they've been there, they've done that. Instead of eating the couch, they want to sleep on the couch. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much joy to an older pet. You know, it's like for senior people, for middle-aged people, hey, you know, sometimes you do want a couch potato to just hang with you. And I tell people all the time, even three, four years old, and that was the impetus for Dog Bowl, people need to look at the older animals and not just say, okay, that's the age, they won't live long. I had one that I rescued a four. He lived till, on record, 21 years old. And so wow. you just don't know. And I think when you do rescue the older ones, they thrive. And they end up surprising you how many years, right, yeah, Steve? Well, I, you know, as a not young person myself, I always <laughs> say that, you know, as I get older, you figure out who you are yeah. more. I'm a much better person than I was when I was younger. And I think the dogs, it's the same thing. Yep. They come in, and cats, they come into who they are. And just, I mean, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. It's just amazing. The best. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, and that was the case with my Klaus. He was already, a, you know, not quite a senior, but an adult cat when I adopted him first cat that I met at the shelter, and I didn't want to look at any other cats. It was yeah. a bond. I knew his personality came out. It was, um, you know, he was very extroverted, exactly the way I wanted a cat to be. So it applies to dogs, to pigs, to yeah, cats. Absolutely. <laughs> chickens. And, and chickens, even, yeah. Now, Joanne, your account is for the love of Smiley, but you're mm -hmm. here with Sunny. So why don't you give us a little background about... So back in the day before Google and the internet, 
I, I was a veterinary technician for 25 years. So being in that position, every technician I know has a house full of, you know, dogs that were supposed to be put to sleep. The ones that got left, the ones that were being euthanized for not the best reasons, we take them home. And uh, Smiley uh, was one of those dogs. Actually, I went to a, a puppy mill to, I was supposed to be euthanizing 20 dogs. And we were there on order of the place to euthanize these 20 dogs. And there were, oh. and there were golden retrievers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But we went there with the intention that we were going to put on a kind face and try to take these 20 dogs from her and not euthanize them. So we went there with, you know, I borrowed trucks and we were going to take these dogs. And Smiley was on that list, obviously. And anyway, she gave them to us and we took them all home. Found everybody homes like that. These were golden retrievers, very easy. But Smiley, nobody had ever heard of this. If you didn't have a next door neighbor that had a dog born without eyes, you didn't know about it. You know, there was, there was no social media, there was no Instagram, we didn't get to hashtag blind dog. And so, you know, and I was still gonna to try to find this dog a home and people would come up and go, they'd come and see him and, you know, I'd be selling him because I didn't keep these rescues. You know what, I, I wanted the house open for more. I already had my dogs. And anyway, people would come up and go, oh, but we have a cottage and I couldn't have a blind dog. I'm like, oh, you're right, you know couldn't have a blind dog at a cottage, okay. And we're gonna have kids. Somebody else would come and say, we're, we're planning on having a family. We couldn't have a blind dog. I'm like, yeah, you're, I'd be like, what the hell does this have to do with it? But anyway, I just kept, okay. And I heard every excuse. Oh, we like to hike, we're hikers. We like to go for lots of walks. We couldn't have a blind dog. And so really, Smiley stayed with me by default. And he was doing really well because I was taking him everywhere because he was the most destructive dog I'd ever had. Literally eating couches, all this gone. I, I know now how couches are made because I saw what's <laughs> the inside and how the wood is put together and you know. Um, so anyway, he stayed and uh, I took him everywhere. So too, and uh, look how happy he is. Everywhere we can't went. see, you know, you know, he was a teaching tool. Or they would feel very sorry for him. And I would think, do people go up to blind people on the street and? Oh, yeah. oh God, that is so sad. Right. You can't see? Oh God, this must be horrible for you. Like, nobody does that, but with Smiley, like I said, they had never seen something like this, you know? And uh, so uh, fast forward, you know, we ended up uh, visiting classrooms. We, I, I made him a therapy dog, but then it, we found our niche in schools and we would talk to children at their classrooms about being born different overcoming adversities. The anti-bullying campaign, when I got Smiley, he was covered in scars and rips in his ears and tears from the other dogs doing this. So I was able to really connect with these kids about Smiley being bullied by these other dogs at the, sh at the puppy mill and how that wasn't fair because just because he was blind, these other dogs bullied him. And so it was amazing seeing how kids, you know, we drill it into kids' heads about the anti-bullying and it's not working right it's still going on but when kids hear the story through these dogs boy i can see it in their faces they're getting it and it it touches them and they feel it you know what and i believe that every kid that i talk to and they meet either smiley or sunny they're not going to bully and that's that's very important to me because you know i i feel like our biggest you know tragedy right now is 
kids taking their own lives. You know, that is the saddest thing. They don't know anything different than the school system. And in my mind, that was Smiley in that puppy mill for two years. He didn't know anything outside of that puppy mill. All he knew was a life of hell, of not, you know, not being able to get to that food. But the day I took him out, he became, he got to show the world who he was. He got to, he got to be himself. And everybody instantly thought he was amazing. And I feel like that's the connection that kids can make too. You know what, school is something you gotta get through right now. As soon as you finish school, you get to show the world who you are. And just work, you know, they do things different, Sunny and Smiley. They take longer. It's harder, it's scarier, but they do it anyway. And I show people that, you know what, these dogs, if you've watched any of these videos, this little dog, so forward to Sunny. Smiley passed away uh, at 16 just one year ago and in the spring we found out about little Sonny who was born in Mexico, born with the exact same condition. And you see videos, he's dock diving into the water, swimming, climbing up on rocks, going hiking, wrestling with every dog, he can do it all. And it's, That's... again, it's such a connection that, you know, a set of stairs takes him a lot longer. He has to think about each step, but he still gets to the top and that's what kids need to know. Math might be really tough for you, you might need extra help, but you'll, you'll get it. Same thing with reading. So I think getting kids is the way to... I'm going to ask though about the condition because they both have the same condition. condition. Is it microthalmia? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I traveled here with Klaus, who is actually a special needs cat in his own right, but due to digestive uh, problems that he has, he has a very specific diet. He has the power to divert the flight back to Seattle tomorrow if I don't uh, give him the right mix of food. <laughs> but I also lived with another cat for uh, over six years named Oscar, and Oscar was very similar to uh, Sonny. He was born with a condition called microthalmia, which means that the globes, the eyes were actually reduced in size. Which kind of brings up the next point, and I'm going to let everybody chime in as you see fit here, but what exactly defines a special needs pet? Obviously, there are different levels. For the average person, they might see a dog with three legs, a tripod dog, and they'll say, oh, clearly that is a special needs pet. Well, in reality, that dog might function absolutely perfectly. There is nothing that can hold that dog back. Maybe it's a little slower in the 50-yard dash, but that's where it ends. But the real special needs animals might be the ones that require additional care, uh, fluid injections due to you know, kidney uh, function being limited, uh, possibly behavioral issues. So how do you define an animal that has special needs? You know, I don't know. I think every animal has some special needs. You know, I mean- Like when, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a dog that's going through um, kidney failure right now and i've started uh her on fluids every night and she gets a special diet but she's doing amazing and, and it's, it's funny like when they t talked about it, i'm like okay well this is going to take a lot of special you know extra time it takes 10 minutes every night and it's like kind of my favorite part of the day because it's like 10 minutes where i can just hold her and sit there and not have to you know run around and do things um so yeah i mean that's special needs but when you have a special needs dog, you don't even think about it. It's just part of your day. So that's the, the next follow-up question. Do special needs really require a lot of extra work? Because in the case of my Oscar cat, he was blind. He would have disadvantages in an outdoor environment. You know, he would be susceptible to predators, to possibly not having the early detection of cars coming at him. But in a safe, consistent indoor environment, you know, he absolutely thrived. You know, he just, he, I, we couldn't slam doors inside. Basically, his special needs were the same as mine. I want a quiet environment. I don't want door slabbing. I want the furniture in the same place. 
So is it always a lot of work or did you find yourself that what you thought you were getting into was actually completely different? You burst that bubble of, of misconception. It, honestly, it's, and, and, and I think this is true for every dog, you just get to know your dog. You get, or your, every, your pet. They yeah. all have so different needs. It, yeah. Whether they're special needs or not, you get to know who they are and then you figure out what they need and what they don't need. Well, I, Eng, Engelbert is like three pounds and I have an Irish wolfhound in the house. And so I just kind of paid attention to what, you know, their relationship would be. And Engelbert, when he goes from room to room, he goes by the walls. Like he's figured out what he needs so that he doesn't get stepped on. But you know, you, you watch that and you figure it out and, and then you decide whether you need extra time or not. Yeah, and I don't really like the term special needs, especially in the shelter world, because the minute people hear that, yeah. it's like exit stage left. They all think, oh, it's gonna cost more money, the animal's not gonna live long. You know, I have two dogs that have severe arthritis, they're on herbs. That would be, in some people's eyes, considered a special need. To me, it's just maintenance and care for your animals that you love. I always focus, and I call them the underdogs of the shelter world, meaning the seniors, pit bulls that you know people just pass up because of the breed uh you know and if they're older and they have to have more medication it's just you know a little additional care i don't like to say special need i really don't well, i think it, it hurts them getting adopted I, I can tell you that every dog that i've had that needed special care oh my god that pulls me into yes. that dog and it bonds you it, with that animal yeah, yeah those are the ones that i get the closest to because you know they need you more right. and it's like oh man that's i'm like if they've got special needs i'm all about it <laughs> yeah so what exactly is a, a senior dog consider is there a cutoff like how, how is that determined it, i think it depends on the breed yeah technically know. i guess in, you know big dogs are considered seven and up as senior uh smaller dogs nine and up but you know unfortunately in the eyes of the public if they see a dog four years old they'll keep walking you know we see it happen all the time in the shelter system they want the puppies and a year old and i had a friend say to me the other day well i'm definitely going to adopt older can you find me one about a year old and i'm thinking <laughs> that's just really it to us is not an older dog and i said well you know okay i mean i'll look but why don't you consider two three four five well. years old yeah 12 <laughs> yes exactly i just uh, i adopted um oscar meyer my other dachshund and they said he was between eight and ten i cannot keep up with him he is like and i've had him two years so he must be close to 12 now it there is so much life and love left in these older animals. And if people would just take the time to get to know one, to take one into their home, I don't think that we would ever have a problem getting yeah. senior animals adopted. I can tell you that uh, I get a lot of direct messages and, I have, and people will send me a picture of a dog they adopted because of the account. And I've, every one of those people, I've never had one of them say, I really wish I wouldn't have taken this on. They're always like, Thank I'm only God. adopting seniors from yeah. now on because it's just so special. Yeah, it's really true. You know what I tell people a lot of times with these older dogs is that, you know when you think about it, would you love your, let's say you lost your dog at age nine, would you love him anymore if he lived to 15? No. Yeah. So when you get a dog, whether he's say 10, 12, so you only have him maybe for two or three years, Maybe, maybe you'll have them till, you know, 18 and 20. You'll never love them anymore the longer you have them. And you, it's not about how long you have them. It's about what you give them while they're here. This is pet ownership. You can't be selfish. Just like when we have to, it's time for us to make decisions for them. This is not a time to be selfish. It's all about them and what's best for them. And so 
you know. And it's a great example for your children, you know. Yeah. If you have a wonderful big family, you know, teaching children, when you adopt a pet, you teach your child, your family members about compassion, giving back. And especially if you take an older animal into your home, the child, your child sees that you've taken an animal that's a little older and can give so much love and they love that pet so much. And it's just a lesson that we should all learn from. And hey, it applies to people. Mm -hmm. We have the same prejudice for older people. You know, it's like, hey, we have so much more life and love left to give. You know, it's like we need to educate people, pets, everything about being older and please understand there's so much more that they have to give to society and to our hearts. That's right, absolutely. Were senior animals uh, a good match for senior people, you think? Yeah, absolutely, because they're just, they don't, like, I mean, they're happy to do this yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, you know, he'll go for a walk with me, too, but if I want to stay in all weekend and watch movies, he is happy to stay in and watch movies all weekend. I mean, they're, they're very <laughs> adaptable to whatever your lifestyle is. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend. I, I highly recommend them for everybody. It, yeah. it drives me crazy though. In some shelters, you'll see you know an older person come in and they people are steering them towards a puppy. I was in a shelter once and the woman was in her 80s and they were showing her a six-month-old dog, and I was thinking to myself you know, heaven forbid something happens to her, what happens to that six-month-old dog? You know, you have to think about their future and, you know, how much, you know, what you're going to make plans for them if something happens to you. But I will say with true senior people, sometimes if you adopt a very old dog with a senior person, I know because we did that with my mother, and, you know, she tripped over the dog. The dog had trouble seeing. So I find the best matches are like 8 to 11 for a senior, real senior person. And and teenage children with teenage dogs are yeah. wonderful. That's a great match because they're so, you know, energetic and young and the teenage dog seems to thrive with the teenager. Do you agree, Steve? Yeah, I, that's probably true. I mean, I have a dog that I trip over every day, but um, <laughs> Waylon, it's this Cocker Spaniel that has no idea where he's at. And I always say he get, he, he's always in the Waylon. And honestly, I, I, I think he's increased my dexterity because I've managed not to fall a couple times a day but um, yeah it just depends on the person you know who you are you know what yeah. what your lifestyle needs so kind of a different line of questions what made you decide to share your experience and, and really I'm directing it uh, uh, to both of you here on social media what prompted that you know I I'm not a social media person like I don't have Facebook um, I never did I, I once, and I, but I had all these animals and a pig, and somebody, I read an article that said that Instagram was like, if, if Facebook was a chocolate chip cookie, Instagram was like the chocolate chips. And I thought, oh, I kind of like that. And you know, I didn't want to get into the whole political stuff. And so I just started posting pictures, and you know, because it's kind of interesting with all these dogs and a pig, and it just kind of slowly, organically grew for me. So I never really intended this at all. I thought I'd quietly fade into my senior years, but uh, it just kind of <laughs> happened organically. And uh, with Smiley, uh, I always, everybody was asking me to do a Facebook page for Smiley, and I remember going, I'm not gonna be one of those people. No, not gonna be one of those people. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, I did realize you know, even me just posting on my own personal Facebook, people were sharing and, uh, you know, it was a good thing. You know, he was spreading his inspiration to people on the other side of the world. We were a therapy dog in our community, but 
I realized this was a way to do the same thing, you know, to people on the other side of the world, and also to inspire people to show them, you know, like people come up to me and say, you know, that I must be something special to do this. And you know, just like everybody, it's so easy, you know, you just gotta give it a chance. So my other way was just to say, to look, well, look what they can do, look how easy it is. And you know, and to inspire adopting these senior dogs or the, you know, the special needs. And you know, I've realized we've inspired people. People have messaged me saying, my dog has lost its sight, you know, at age 10, I would have put him to sleep if it wasn't for following Smiley's page. You know, they didn't think that they could have a, a good life being blind, but they've, or they feel like they probably would coddle them too much and, you know, protect them. But they see how we raise Smiley and Sunny, treat them like a real dog and they'll be a real dog. So I did it to, to spread the awareness because like I said, when I first got Smiley, it was just unheard of, you know. Have you received feedback from people that were inspired? Oh, absolutely. People send me, I adopted this dog because of, you know, Smiley. I saw how you do it. I try to really make it very educational of how, especially, you know, back when I got Smiley, there wasn't social media. Um, so I wasn't able to show how we did it. But with Sunny, I've been, you know, showing people right from the beginning how I do things, how, you know, I introduce him to new things and, you know, that we do everything. And so it's a real learning thing as well for people. Yeah. You know, I've talked to a couple of people here that said, you know, I adopted, where's Brielle? Is Brielle here? There she is. <laughs> she told me, she's, she said she had it so easy because she said she had Smiley's page and Sunny to, you know, watch and see how it's done and see how easy it is and what to do. So that just makes me so happy, you know, if it's one dog that's saved, but you know, I'm hearing it from all over. So. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So Jill, do you think that there is power in social media to help shelters? Well, I homes? suck on social media. I got to tell you, I'm really bad. And everyone always yells at me like I need to be doing it more. But I'm very blessed because of Animal Planet yeah. and our show Dog Bowl. I'm able to showcase to millions of people with Dog Bowl how these senior animals rule. We have animals this year, the show airs, as you know, Super Bowl weekend, and we have dogs up to 17 years old playing this year. We have a dog that came from Puerto Rico with a, literally a broken pelvis, missing an eye that I couldn't even, I was backstage with him, he had so much energy, I couldn't even keep up with him. We have one dog that came from Florida, Little Dog Rescue, 16 years old, the most beautiful Maltese mix, and the owner, we have the little receipt where they were turning her in and they'd said reason for you know giving to the shelter she's too old and I thought you know so many people do that but how many people actually have the nerve to put it in print and this dog is so beautiful Kaylee so it wouldn't stop kissing me and playing and dumped at 16 years old so thank God you know for Animal Planet I mean you know started with Puppy Bowl I do the backstories of how all the puppies make it you know to the great game and you know they're all rescues and they're beautiful and I thought what a great idea let's do it for the older pets and dog bowl is going I believe to change the face of older animals when people watch it 
and see the backstories and see how these animals are so amazing. You're all gonna love it because it just tells you right there how wonderful they are. And these animals have overcome the most incredible obstacles to get here and literally were dumped in the twilight of their lives. Can you imagine? You know, it's scary enough for any animal to go into a shelter, but imagine when you have known, well, I don't like to say love because it couldn't be love if they would dump them, but they've known the comforts of a home and then when they got older, they were tossed away, tossed out. I mean, is there anything worse? That's so what this show is gonna do is tell people, come on. And, you know, and really, hopefully, educate people to go in and ask for the older pet. Fantastic. Steve, uh, what advice would you give to somebody that's right now contemplating adopting either a senior dog uh, or cats or a special needs animal of some sort? Um, I, 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 my advice is always just do it. But <laughs> that's just kind of my personality. I like kind of leap into things. Just say yes, right? Yeah. I, I, if you're considering that, then it, there's probably room in your heart for that and room, you know, you've probably already thought it out a little bit in the back of your mind. Um, but yeah, obviously go to the shelter and spend some time with the dog or the cat because, you know, just like people, there's personalities that click with and, and others that don't. Um, so, you know, spend a little time with it and, you know, I'm, if you spend some time with a senior dog or cat or whatever you're drawn to, you're, nine out of ten, you're going to bring that, that pet home. And the most important thing I tell people, it's not about a home, it's about the right home. Because if it's not the right fit, that animal is going to end up back in the shelter system. So it's really a big part of the shelter's job. And, yeah. you know, to know and to, to provide the right match. I mean, that's what I say. If a 85-year-old person comes in, you know, hopefully a responsible shelter won't say, hey, we've got a really great puppy for you. You know, it, 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 it's both of you. It's, it's the, where you're going to yeah. adopt, and you know what your needs are. But you don't want to have it not work, because the last thing we want to do is, heaven forbid, you know, say, oh, this animal isn't working for me, and they go back in. Because yeah. they get traumatized. You know, I, my last dog, he had three different homes, was dumped three times, so. That's fantastic advice. Thank you very much. Let me follow up to the question. Is there a large expense with so many animals? Because I think that could be holding people back if they want to adopt another animal and they are just not quite sure what they're getting themselves into. And is there a way out? Have you had any experience using anything like GoFundMe or pages like that. I don't do that. I've been blessed with a really good job, so I'm able to take care of it myself. But I always suggest to people, you know, pet insurance, that's what that's for. And also check with your state, because I know Colorado has a, if you have a certain income, they will uh, supplement the vet bills, and it's usually a state-by-state -state thing. So depending on where you're at with income, either insurance or if you're lower income, check out what your state has to offer. But it's, it's usually doable, you know, unless you're crazy and have nine of them, then, <laughs> then you're on your own. That was the rewards of Special Needs and Senior Adoption Panel from PetCon NYC 2018. To learn more about PetCon and to sign up for our newsletter to find out when the next PetCon will take place, visit petcon.co. That's P-T-C-O-N.co. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon!